Welcome to Bollywoods for Lovers, part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. I'm Aaron Fraser. And I'm Matt Bose. In this episode, we put on our dancing shoes and celebrate the king of Bollywood disco, Bappi Lahiri. First up, Prakash Mehra's 1982 action comedy, Namak Halal, in which Amitabh Bachchan stars as a clumsy bellhop trying to stop the murder of his boss, Shashi Kapoor. Then Mithun Chakraborty plays a troubled singer who becomes an overnight sensation due in part to his epic dance moves in Babar Sabash's Disco Dancer from 1982. Before we begin, we would like to respectfully acknowledge that we record this podcast on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis people. Matt. Yes? Guess what we're doing? Staying inside forever. We're recording a podcast. <laughs> and staying inside forever. Yes. We yeah. will never leave. We will transform our apartment into a discotheque. Yeah. Where are you going to install the disco ball? In the office? Kitchen? Bathroom. Bathroom. Oh, party bathroom. Yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, we are talking disco in this episode. Mm-hmm. We we love disco. I love disco. Do you love disco? It's great. Yeah. Disco is great. Mm-hmm. I think all those naysayers who say disco sucks and disco is dead uh, can just step aside. You can just stop listening now. We don't care. Because uh, we're here to talk about disco and how much we love it. I mean, I think that poptimism just kind of got rid of your raucous attitudes, right? Mm-hmm. So basically, like, every style of music is good, yeah. right? Like, there, there isn't one you can point to and say, like, it universally sucks, apart from maybe music concrete. Pop country. Are you dissing Shania Twain? Uh, no, but, like, big and rich. That sucks. Right? Yeah, I think they suck. But I mean, it's something to get drunk to and, you know, hook up with cougars at Cook County Saloon. Fair enough. But yeah, it's true. I think we do live in a a time when people are far more uh, embracing of other styles and and genres of music, especially more kind of pop music. Well, look at the movie High Fidelity and the book. Yeah. I think that kind of pinpointed that people who like have really strong, annoying opinions about music are just kind of insufferable. And yeah. they're sad and dead inside. Yeah. So just like music. Who cares? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, we've been wanting to do this episode for a while, like every episode. We've been wanting to do this one for a while. Uh, partly because way back when, we got a bunch of vinyl records collections of Bollywood Disco. That's where we got rid of our music concrete album. The, oh, what was it? The Dance of the Butterfly? Or do you remember that one? Yeah, that was terrible. That, Sylvia got us that, I think. Yeah, way to throw her under the bus. Well, I didn't specify which one. Oh, good point. But it was this weird <laughs> album that was just kind of like synthesizer <laughs> boinks. Yeah. But we traded it to a guy at a vinyl swap and got some pretty cool Bollywood albums there. Mm-hmm. And then on Record Store Day... We got the Rough Guide to Bollywood Disco, and we have two um, editions of uh, Merchants of Soul, I think, does a, a compilation called Bollywood Disco. Yeah, and then we also have the Rough Guide to Psychedelic Bollywood, which is, again, a lot of disco. And as soon as we put on these albums, we were immediately excited by these songs. I think the very first... The first album we got, I think, was The Rough Guide to Bollywood Disco, and I think the first song on that is Disco Dancer. <laughs> yeah. And I guess if you really want to go way back, the first in, in, you know experience we probably had of Bollywood Disco would be 
MIA sampling uh, Jimmy. Yes. Which shows up in uh, Disco Dancer. Well, so she samples it in one of her songs. Mm-hmm. And yeah, great scene, great song. And that was probably like 15 years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So we've kind of had it simmering in the background. But the nice thing about disco in Bollywood is it appears that it just never died. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> it's just gone on forever. Unlike here in the West. Uh, disco... You can definitively point to when disco died here. Yeah, though it's back. Yeah. It's 100% back. Like people, like uh, artists like Daft Punk and Kylie Minogue they totally brought, brought disco back. Uh, but yeah, it's just like disco died here in the West and it, it kept going in Bollywood. It's very well, exciting. <laughs> I think in Bollywood, it's not really connected to the things that people who said they hate disco really hated. Yes. Because it was a lot of gay clubs and a lot of black people. Yes. And in Bollywood, it's kind of divorced from that. Yeah. Uh, so I guess let's backtrack here and first talk about what disco is to begin with. Mm-hmm. Um, you and I, I, I don't know a lot about how to talk about music. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know song structure, etc. I don't, I don't understand those things. I know how to talk about movies. I don't know how to talk about music. So please bear with me. Mm-hmm. Disco is uh, a 1970s American dance music trend. Uh, it is known for uh, a few things. One is a four on the floor beat. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is a steady, uniformly accented beat in which the bass drum is hit on every beat. Like this. Yes, if the mic is picking that up, that. Um, and syncopated bass lines, which is accenting an unexpected beat. Because dink, 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 yeah. dink, 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 um, dink, 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 And then things dink, I think that are easier dink, to explain, dink, synthesizers, strings, horns, and electric rhythm guitars and piano. So yeah. those were all kind of typical of a disco song. Uh, they feature complex arrangements with big bands. Uh, so kind of artists that people might fe- be familiar with from the era include Donna Summer, Sister Sledge, Gloria Gaynor, the Bee Gees, of course. They did the soundtrack for Saturday Night Fever. And producer and m- musician Niall Rogers of Chic who we have seen live. Yeah, he opened for Duran Duran. Yes, another band that has a uh, has brought disco. If back. you're if you're really interested in how disco works, uh, there's a YouTube channel called Vox that mm-hmm. explains things, and they had a um, kind of pretty good primer of how disco sort of morphed into house music, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like. House and drum and bass is not something I know a lot about. That That's a genre I could stand to learn more about. But you can kind of chart various um, uh, styles that way. So we can maybe put a link to it. But it's a really useful video. Yeah, yeah. There's a direct line from disco to EDM, mm-hmm. for sure. Um, so it was a reaction to the rock-based 1960s counterculture. Now that's way more embarrassing, <laughs> don't you think? Like hippies? Yeah. Like the free love and all that all that stuff. Like that self-indulgent, navel-gazing, you know, we're flower children, we're going to save the world by just like banging. Yeah. Like that's way more embarrassing to me than wanting to do a bunch of coke and dance all night. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. I mean, at its core, I think the it's partying, disco right? is about, yeah, having a good time. You're, it's, it's not, I'm trying to remember the movie Last Days of Disco now, the Whit Stillman one. But like at the end... The guy who ends up playing the middleman on the middleman TV show, 
he basically says, like, it was a movement that didn't really stand in it for anything, but it was just fun, and people were having a good time. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Uh, it, it brought the rise of disco clubs, probably most famously Studio 54. Uh, and these clubs included a lot of lights and the obvious disco ball, as well as a lot of drugs. <laughs> Lots and lots, yeah. A lot of drugs. There's um, a really good documentary that just came out about Studio 54. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was just called Studio 54. Not to be confused with 54, the movie with Mike Myers as the guy who owns Studio 54, right? right? yeah. I think that's what they're called. Mm-hmm. But it's cool to just see a scene happen. But it is one of those things where people in New York just kind of get... Their smoke blown up their ass about how exciting it was to be there and yeah. all that stuff. But there was like disco clubs everywhere. That was the whole point of Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. You know, the movie that even a loser like Tony Monero can like be a disco god on mm-hmm. Saturday nights. It was just a place you can go and have a good time and not have to care about looking stupid. And it was very working class. Or it was. The way it's presented in Saturday Night Fever is very working class. I think it was. It was, it was kind of a... You know, if you didn't want to be a rock guy or a girl, mm-hmm. probably even more attractive to girls, really, because girls like dancing, and it's hard to do that at a rock show. Yeah. Yeah, so clubs uh, would host dance competitions and classes, and some of the dance styles, the moves, include the bump, the robot, and the hustle. The fashion included a lot of polyester, leisure suits, uh, the designer Halston was, mm-hmm. this was Halston's heyday. Halston uh, would make these amazing, like, bias cut dresses. Uh, he really worked with, like, how the fabric moved. Uh, there's a really great documentary about Halston, actually, that came out recently. Um, and makeup and styles included a lot of gold and silver and glitter. This just people speaks to get... you. If, it wasn't, if, there was, <laughs> if there was neon involved, you would be all over it. Yeah, people would get, like, dressed up to go out, do a lot of coke, and dance till, like, 5 a.m. Meanwhile, like, punk is happening, too. But, like, they can coexist. Yeah. You know? Uh, The 1977 film Saturday Night Fever, as you mentioned, directed by John Banham, helped popularize uh, the disco scene and disco culture, as well as the music. Uh, If you're interested in any of this, Paul and I, uh, my other podcast host, Paul Matwichuk, we did an episode of Trash Around the Movies on Saturday Night Fever and The Last Days of Disco. The, the Last Days of Disco is a great movie. I, like, I would recommend that one. Yeah, it's great. Saturday Night Fever is an interesting oddity, but I don't know if you should run out the door and watch it. Saturday Night Fever is not the fun movie I think people remember it to be. Yeah. It's very dark. Mm-hmm. It's um, very realistic. So, I guess my, my attraction to disco, I think, is largely... You like the fashion. I think one of the reasons why I'm really attracted to disco is because I'm always really impressed by, like, big production values. Mm-hmm. I like how disco is, like, a ton of musicians, a ton of sound. It's it's big, and it's a lot of things working together. It's like a wall of sound uh, Phil Spector production for, yeah. for soul. Yeah, and there there is a connection between Phil Spector and the wall of sound and disco. Uh, and so I just like I'm I am attracted to big production values, and I like all the different instruments and the the melodies, and it's just it's fun to me. That is a lot more uh, exciting, a lot more interesting than just a guy on stage with a guitar. Like I don't know, I just I think I think this is a lot more. The disco is a lot more sophisticated 
than people gave it credit for in its day. It's certainly the people that disliked it. Well, it again, punk is a good example. Mm-hmm. It uh, and I like punk too. Yes, and it is completely unselfconscious about being manufactured. Yeah. Whereas punk, which started off being manufactured, look up the Sex Pistols. Yeah. They were the house band of like a lingerie store. Vivian Westwood. Yeah. But it goes on to like mean something, and a lot of the bands like actually did have political leanings and yeah. like were trying to rebel, and that's cool. But disco is also just like there's nothing wrong with wanting to have a good time. Yeah, with and and it and it was an escape. I like both of them. Yeah, so do I. And Different I just, occasions, you know. <laughs> I I always I always want to stick up for. For disco, because I like I said, I think the the song structures, the arrangements. I know nothing about music, but I think it's impressive, uh, and I'm you know I think it's far more sophisticated, like I said, than I think people give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, disco excites me. Uh, I'm not as interested in like the all night drug binge party aspect of it, but I like those songs. They make me happy, mm-hmm. uh, and. They're uplifting. Uh, seeing Sheik perform was pretty incredible. Yeah, that was a great, great show. Uh, Niall Rogers also produced uh, Let's Dance, one of the best David Bowie albums that at the time people criticized him for making, saying that he sold out. And now I think everyone wants to hear those songs when they go out. And that's one of his best albums. It's so good. So good. Uh, okay, so anything left to say on disco? How much we like it? Well, I... I'm sure we'll get into this, but Tiger Shroff's new version of Disco Dancer <laughs> is god awful. It's terrible. Yeah. His dancing is fine. The like the picturization is fine. It's just the song is really bad. Yeah. So whoever made that song, you're fired. Whoever rearranged it, or yeah, it, the cover. <clears throat> After having watched Disco Dancer now, I'm even more annoyed by <laughs> how bad it is. But I do love how modern day Bollywood will just bust out a disco song. Mm-hmm. Disco Divani. Well, that's the original one, but then they used it in the, in disco, song the disco song yeah. in Student of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. And Disco Divani is a Pakistani song. I always assumed it was from a movie. Mm-hmm. It's not. Hmm. Cool. <laughs> it is not. Uh, so, Babi Lahiri, he's a composer, singer, and producer, and he popularized the use of disco in Indian movies. Uh, his parents were famous Bengali singers, and he learned to play music at a young age. He started his career career in the late 1960s, early 1970s. Uh, the earliest credit I could find for him was 1969, um, but I saw nice. <laughs> I saw it written that he started his career in 1972, so thereabouts. Um, when in doubt, print the legend. <laughs> and he's still working to this day. He had a cameo in the recent sub Mangals I had Savdan. As of this recording, he has 485 credits on IMDb for composing. It's impressive. He's known for composing the soundtracks of such films as Disco Dancer and Namak Halal, obviously, as well as Wart, Dance Dance, Saheb, Salib, Sharabi, and many, many more. He's known for sampling or recreating foreign songs in his soundtracks. Yeah, like uh, Video <laughs> Killed the Radio Star. Uh, which he pretty much just ripped off. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I we, want- should play the, we should play whatever song we're doing. I think we're doing the Jimmy. Yeah. Ah, we should play the whole thing this time. Because <laughs> what is he going to do? Well, 
Ironically, he sued Interscope and Universal for sampling his music and won. Okay, sorry, Mr. Lahiri. <laughs> uh, we're not we're not going to do that. So yeah, that, that feels a bit hypocritical. <laughs> I don't like that last note you have. There. Yeah. Well, first he won a Filmfare uh, Lifetime Achievement Award in 2017. That's good. Uh, and I would be remiss not to mention that he is a member of the ba- he is a member of the BJP. He ran in 2014, but he lost. Okay. Yeah. That's the only thing I don't like about the guy. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Again, I, I, I thought we should mention it. Um, I think because we are not as comfortable talking about music uh, as we are about film, we we don't always discuss the the composers and the, and the playback singers uh, and the songs in in Bollywood on this show, but it is obviously an integral part. And of, we play a song sample every time. Yeah, we play a song sample every time. It's an integral part of of the cinema. And I would say Bappy Lahiri was probably the first superstar. Well, no, the first name um, as far as Hindi songs go that I knew. Mm, yeah. Yeah, like before I knew Lata Mangeshkar and and other playback singers or composers. Uh, I knew Bobby Yeah. Oh, well, okay, that's fair. I probably knew A.R. Rahman's names before. Mm-hmm. But I knew A.R. Rahman's name outside of Bollywood because, yeah. because of the whole Slumdog Millionaire thing. Okay, so point, I probably knew A.R. Rahman's name first. But back after that, Bobby Lahiri was kind of the, as we got into Bollywood, the first composer that I was really aware of. Well, here's a question that you're maybe more equipped to answer. What is a disco movie? That is an interesting question. Because... Like, you can point to some movies like The Apple mm-hmm. or hmm. I would almost say The Phantom of the Paradise is a disco movie, except it doesn't feature disco music that much. Mm. But there's something to the effect of like kind of over the top sensationalism, music being a big part of the film and hedonism that I would say is a disco movie trademark? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I certainly think that, like, disco music is a part of it. Yeah, um, that's pretty obvious. But yeah. <laughs> that one is pretty obvious. Uh, I don't know. It's tough because, like, Last Days of Disco is a disco film, mm-hmm. but it doesn't really share a lot of qualities with kind of other disco movies I can think of. Um, well, it's, there's a lot of drug use. <laughs> a lot of sex. Yeah. Not really shown, but talked about. Yeah, it it's. I think it's such an outlier because it's with Stillman's take. But like, you can disco. If you see a disco movie, you could point to be like, yeah, I know that this is a disco movie, and there are some things that kind of pointed out, right? Yeah. Being from the seventies is a big one. Xanadu, mm-hmm. something like that. A lot of them are just like notorious failures. But so there's lots of notorious failure rock movies too. Yeah, I think yeah, it's an a it's a it's an aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that extends beyond music. I think so. Yeah, you know, like like we were saying, fashion. the fashion and obviously lights. I think lights uh, and also lights. also the politics of um, you know queer liberation mm-hmm. because that was a place where gay people could go and not get harassed. Yeah. So. That in itself is a political act. So I guess my question would be, do these films fit into your understanding of what a disco film is? 
One of them does. Okay. The other one has two disco songs in it. <laughs> yes. Uh, so. Oh, here it is now. <laughs> we chose we chose these two films partly because uh, we have the soundtrack on vinyl to Namak Halal. And we the really, soundtrack's a banger. The soundtrack is a banger. And so we really wanted to see the movie. Uh, and, I mean, Disco Dancer, I feel like, is a no-brainer as to why we chose it. Yeah. Um, but that that was really kind of the impetus for wanting to talk about Namak Halal. Is we listened to this soundtrack. We thought it was great. And so we wanted to see the movie. And I didn't want to do two films with Mithin um, Chakraborty. Sure. I, I kind of wanted to mix things up. Sure. Um, and these are both from 1982. And one of the both kind of big hits in 1982. Uh, so I guess we'll get into Namak Halal. Sure. All right. It came out in, as I mentioned, 1982. It's directed by Prakash Mehra. stars Amitabh Bachchan, Shashi Kapoor, Smita Patil, Parveen Babi, Om Prakash, Wahida Raman, and Ranjit. It was a big commercial hit in the third highest grossing film of the year. And the name means loyal servant, right? The name means loyal servant. Do you you hear it s- a lot. Do you want to set us up with the plot, Matt? Oh, boy. Okay. There is a very complicated, like, first five minutes of this movie. But then it becomes fairly uncomplicated. Yeah. So, I don't remember the characters' names. I know that Bim Singh is like a bodyguard for a rich guy. Mm-hmm. He might be a gangster. This is unclear given the subtitles. And the, the rich guy's son is brought to Bim Singh's house so that they can look after him because the rich guy is in trouble. Um, Some assassins show up and burn down the house. And what ends up happening is Bim Singh's son, who ends up to grow up to be Amitabh Bachchan, moves in with his grandfather, who has disavowed his mother, who takes care of the rich guy's son. Mm. And she, you know, being poor, is enters into a kind of a rich world. The, The rich guy owns hotels all over the world. And... The kid that grows up to be Shashi Kapoor is kind of an international playboy type. So when Amitabh Bachchan grows up, he moves out of his grandfather's house after quite a bit of song and dance about (laughs) not wanting to leave and all this. Yeah, it was boring. But anyway, he moves into Mumbai, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, where he gets a job working at a fancy hotel, which ends up being owned by Shashi Kapoor. Mm -hmm. Uh, Shashi Kapoor gets a tip after a very Bond opening style sequence where he's attacked by various people while skiing. Yeah. That his mother... That's one of the better sequences. That his his foster mother, a.k.a. Wahida Raman. Wahida Raman, is trying to kill him to take his money. But it's actually this other guy who killed his father in the first place and his son is the manager of the hotel... Fairly complicated. Yeah. So there's a comedy of errors as Amitabh Bachchan meets his real mother, starts calling her mom instantly because she gives him directions, and he's happy about that. And he doesn't know that she's his real mother. She doesn't know that he's her son. Shashi Kapoor thinks that his foster mother is trying to murder him. And various silly things happen. Mm -hmm. It picks up in the second half once... Parveen Bobby shows up. Savior of the film. Yeah. She's an assassin hired by the bad guy to also try to kill Shashi Kapoor. And she has two great songs. She's super attractive and kind of just vamps around all the time and it's good. 
She really fulfills the disco quota of this film. Yeah. She's a, almost like a Selena Kyle type. Mm-hmm. I liked her whole deal. Yeah, she's great. So there's a scene near the beginning of what is, to my mind, maybe a bit too long of a movie. <laughs> I think you could probably shave half an hour off this easy. Specifically, oh, I think you could shave an hour. Yeah, specifically once Amitabh Bachchan's grandpa shows up and they do a sting operation on him and he's pretending to be some other guy. It's kind of insufferable. But Amitabh goes to a party at this hotel and he gets into a variety of misadventures like um, accidentally knocking some food over, losing his shoe in a river, getting kind of shanghaied into singing a song, which is a pretty good song. Yeah, but this like is the that- song Pag Gunguru Bond Mira Nachi Thi. Yeah. Um, as we're talking more about the music in this episode, uh, we have to review all the songs, Matt. And yes, please don't ask us about how the pronouncing of these titles goes. Um, but anyway, his cavorting around at this party reminded me of the movie The Party, where right. Peter Sellers is playing a kind of stereotypical Indian guy um, doing the same sort of thing. And in kind of like a modernist apartment, as I remember, with a water feature, I'm pretty sure he falls in that too. Yeah. So, like, It's been a long time. I could, I could see the influence there. Yeah, I, I don't... Again, I... I even if I hadn't read that online, uh, as soon as as soon as you said it, I was I was like, yeah, I I think this has those vibes. I mean, it's slapstick, right? And it's yeah. And I just think that was I my was... main problem with the movie. Basically, is that the humor didn't really jive for me. And it was too long. Yeah, and the way Amitabh Bachchan was like playing that character as this kind of uh, just like <sighs> clumsy. Well, uh, clumsy when the plot dictates it, but also like a super good fighter who can, yeah. you know, defeat a frogman underwater and other things when the plot dictates that too. Yeah, yeah. His character, I mean, everyone was pretty inconsistent throughout this film. Shashi Kapoor was pretty consistent, I think. You know what? I do think the stuff with Shashi Kapoor uh, is the the, be- the best stuff in the film, um, and aside from the music. There's like a bond quality to him because he, yeah, totally. he's introduced skiing and he has to defeat some guys there and he's got a pistol on him and he's rich and girls like him. Like, it is kind of aspirational. Mm-hmm. Um, but ultimately, it's the slapstick and the humor that, you know, longtime listeners of the show know that since we don't speak Hindi, a lot of the wordplay just goes right over our head and a lot of the... I would say fairly silly jokes like uh, Amitabh telling a room of guys like okay whatever Shashi does you do it too oh, yeah. and that goes on for like 15 minutes yeah there were just there were long stretches that felt uninspired and then and then the film would kind of come back and deliver an kind of an exciting scene and or moment and, and you'd be back with it but then again like long stretches of just like plot machinations of kind of moving characters around and uh, kind of us expecting to uh, suspend, I think, our disbelief a bit too much. I mean, I yeah. think I liked everything about this movie except for the plot. I think the acting was decent. It looked great. The music's good. Yeah, it looked great. It's on this... Netflix right now. It looks awesome. The set design is really cool. Set design is super cool. The lighting is cool. Uh, there's a romantic song in the rain. Which one is that? That is Aja Wrapped Giant To Hamen Ha. Uthayu? Uthayu? 
Ajrapat Jayantohamanha Utayo. Yeah, and my note here is that it is so wet. Yes, this is a real Ben Hosley uh, scene. This is the wettest song. It's not a stand-in or like a metaphor for Amitabh Bachchan and Smita Patel having sex. It is them just like having sex. On a wagon in the middle of a rainstorm. It's... It is. It's, it's a sexy it's song. It's very moist. Yeah, it is moist. <laughs> it um, is so. It's like they're drenched. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's, it's hot. a steamy song. It's very hot. Yeah. Um. Once you like, if you don't stop to think about how cold and uncomfortable it would be to be like that drenched in a rainstorm. Yeah. Uh, looks amazing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess we should talk about the other songs. Um. So. In addition to the two we've already mentioned, there's Jawani Janaiman, uh, which is uh, Parveen Bobby kind of doing uh, a, a Donna Summer thing. Jawani Janaiman. Yeah. Uh, she's Very wearing good song. a lot of gold and has an epic kind of stage design. And I think we need to find a picture of that set yeah. for this episode because it really is something else. It almost yeah. looks like a... Like a Soviet space program <laughs> review. It's amazing. It, it like I really want to know what the set designers were up to and what they were smoking. Yeah. Uh, then there's Thodi C P Lee High, uh, where Amitabh Bachchan gets very very drunk and Smita Patel thinks that he is cheating on her. This is part of a scheme to get his grandpa. To stop pretending to be a jerk for some reason. Yeah. I, I really... Like, he, he comes to the big city to, like, check on his grandson. Mm-hmm. But he could have just done that not in a disguise. <laughs> I wasn't crazy about <laughs> that part of the film, but I did really like this song. I always really love an Amitabh Bachchan drunk song. Yeah. yeah he's, he's one of the best. And then Ratsbaki, Batsbaki... Uh, which Parveen Bobby sings kind of at the climax on a boat, and she's wearing this amazing, like, black sequin dress. That's that's something that Selena Kyle would wear. Yeah. It's a real Catwoman outfit. That whole climax on the boat I thought was really fun. It was and cool. It, and had, again, like, that, like, comedic bond energy. My favorite bit in the whole movie is when Amitabh Bachchan is being, like, the bad guy's son is holding him at gunpoint, and then Butchon kicks the gun out of his hands. Oh, yeah. And the gun goes flying in the air. And then he looks up, presumably at some guy at the top of <laughs> the screen. set. And then he's like, thank you, and catches the gun, which we watched that scene a couple times. And there's no way, like, the trajectory of that gun came back. Yeah. Like, someone just threw him a gun and he said thanks. That was really funny. Yeah, you really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, did you have a favorite song? Um... The Giovanni Johnny Man. Yeah, that was yeah. my favorite. Great song, and the picturization of it is amazing. Yeah. I had seen that before watching the movie, because I went down a YouTube kind of whirlpool of Bollywood disco. Yeah. And I thought, man, this song's amazing. I bet the movie's as amazing. <laughs> but it's really just kind of a uh, comedy of errors that, I don't know, it just didn't do it for me. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. Uh, what was your favorite song? Oh, Joanny uh, Johnnyman. Yeah. Um, though I, I did really like all of them, and I think I am partial to um, Aj Rapat, etc. Just because, again, like I just couldn't believe how wet they were. Steamy. <laughs> I just it was so wet. Um, but w- I'm so I don't know sorry if- that I've said that so many times. Wet, moist, drenched. <laughs> what other? 
salacious words should we say? Um, so being a disco movie, I think this has disco parts. I think it was trying to, yeah. like Bollywood often does, like capitalizing on a popular music genre. Like they'll do now where they'll be, well, a while ago it was dubstep, and now it's kind of an EDM bit or yeah. um, like uh, Detective Bunkish Bakshi with new metal. <laughs> it's just weird that they'll just try and jump onto a trend and have a song or two in something that's currently popular. I think that's what this was doing. Well, I, I think Parveen Bobby brings the disco. Her whole character yes. is, uh, you know, is walking disco. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's the best part of the film. She really is. Like, she just... She brings... Every time she's on screen, you're like, I'd like some more of that, please. Yeah, she brings such a great energy. She looks incredible. And she has... She looks like the, a Darwin Cook picture. The most interesting character. Uh, there's a great moment when, like, her... Her boss is getting really mad at her because she's not doing a, a great job at being an assassin. Because as soon as she sees Shashi Kapoor, she's like, "I love this man. I'll never murder yeah. him." Yeah, and uh, and she's like talking to like a light. Yeah, in a very sort of out of the prisoner type scene, her contact with the assassination boss, I guess, like the person who hired her, is done through a light bulb yeah I was, it's really kind of trippy actually i was much more interested in the side characters in it shashi kapoor and parvi and bobby here than i was in kind of the in amitabh bachchan's hijinks like I was much more interested in the two of them well yeah because he almost every single time that shashi kapoor is on screen you're taking one of the most electrifying actors possibly who's ever existed yeah and he's just completely subservient and boring and it's not even like worrying on the joke he's subservient to boring. He goes from being a character, like he's yeah. he had this sort of like I'm I'm a smart guy, but I'm from the country and people look down on me sort of thing. But for the middle hour of the movie, he's basically just a bellboy. Yeah. Whereas like Shashi Kapoor International uh, hotelier playboy yeah. uh, with an assassin after him. That's cool. A hot assassin after him. Like that's a fun that's fun. Yeah. That, that should have been that should have been the whole movie. <laughs> um have to, But instead you spend a lot of time with this bellhop. And his grandpa who <laughs> like yes we get it. You love your grandpa. <laughs> we all love He our seems grandpa. like a nice grandpa. Alright I think I don't I don't think we have anything else left to say about Namak Halal. No, I guess I'm a little bit disappointed, but if I was to rate my enjoyment of movies I also want to point out the IMDB uh, description for this said that Amitabh Bachchan went to the city to be a singer. They said he was a singer, so I He was very briefly a singer. <laughs> I I was did not realize it was gonna be a movie about a bellhop. Yeah, he Because I don't I don't I don't wanna ruin things before you watch them. Yeah. But like I don't even remember what I was going to say. It was it was basically like, you can't judge a movie based on its songs. Yeah. Look at Manali Trance from the Shokins. Shokins, like, yeah. Like, who cares about the Shokins? It was a terrible film. But Manali Trance is like a huge banger. So good. When we had Manish on uh, and we discussed Fisher and Kiff, you picked Fatur as one of the films because you thought I liked it because I was listening to the soundtrack all the time. Just yeah. as a good soundtrack. Yeah. I mean... Um, <laughs> I'll often kind of just get stuck on a song like, um, but to me, Zadil, I love that song a lot. Yeah. And happily, the movie is good enough to merit it. Yeah. But something like, oh, I don't know, Kick, the song where he's got the hot coal in his hand and he's biting the dress of, oh, who was it? Jacqueline Fernandez, I think. Like, that song is more memorable than the movie. 
Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree. Okay. This is the description from Amak Halal on IMDb. Brought up by his grandfather, yes. Arjun Singh moves to the city in search of a new job and life. While in the city, he meets Byron, who helps him find a job as a singer in a five-star hotel owned by Raja. So that means that they watched the first 20 minutes <laughs> of the movie and then didn't actually stick around to see what happens. Because while all that is true, he doesn't get a job as a singer. Like He just gets a job as the guy who does like room service. <laughs> yeah, I... He sings briefly. Like, that was not accurate. Um, Which is why you should take everything on the internet with a grain of salt. Yeah. uh, Including us. Yeah, 100% (laughs) us, yeah. All right. I think that brings us to interval. Yeah, what are we listening to? Uh, Oh, your favorite song, Matt. Uh, Jimmy, Aja, from... Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy. Yeah. From Disco Dancer. Jimmy, Aja. Yeah, great song. Great song. On episode 67 of the Edmonton Community Foundation's Well-Endowed podcast, The Piazza Project, we learn about the Macaulay Development Cooperative and how the community banded together to raise $1 million in less than a month to purchase a problem property in their neighborhood. For more information about the Well-Endowed podcast, as well as the Edmonton Community Foundation, check out thewellendowedpodcast.com. As I mentioned, I don't really know how to talk about music. My understanding of composition and song structure is limited at best. But that's okay, because even if I can't tell you why, I know a good song when I hear one. So does Kyle Marshall. But he's better at the whole musical analysis thing, as you can hear for yourself on Putting It Together, his podcast that takes a look at composer and lyricist Stephen Sondheim's body of work, show by show, song by song. Each week, Marshall invites someone in to discuss a Sondheim song in depth. You can find Putting It Together and the rest of the Alberta Podcast Network powered by ATB Podcasts at albertapodcastnetwork.com. That was Jimmy, 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 Acha. Yeah. From uh, Disco Dancer from 1982, directed by Babar Savash, starring Mithun Chakraborty, Kim, Rajesh Khanna, Om Puri, Om Shiv Puri, Gita Siddharth, and Karan Razdan. So that's a pretty good cast. And like, I think that this movie actually, like, is substantial. Mm-hmm. I'll say the story, kind of stupid. <laughs> <laughs> but, again, this is another one where music, awesome. Picturization of said music, incredible. <laughs> um, acting, pretty good. <laughs> story? Story. Present. <laughs> sure. Describe uh, the story. Well, well, first we want to say that um, kind of one of the one of the things to note about Disco Dancer is that it was a huge success worldwide and was the first film to pass 100 crore. Uh, at one point, it was the highest grossing Indian film of all time. Uh, it was then surpassed by Ham Apke Hain Khon. Uh, but it was still the highest grossing Indian film overseas till Three Idiots. That's amazing. Made, That's like 20 years later. Yeah, it made a ridiculous amount of money in the USSR or a ridiculous amount at 
time. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think this film was like still popular in Russia to this day. And these songs are well, still popular to this day. We know this because while we watched this with uh, Devin and Amanda, so past and future guest Devin Bruce, we watched it in isolation. Yeah. He was on Skype. No, he was on FaceTime because we can't get Skype to work. We couldn't get it for work for some reason. But afterwards, we were kind of looking around on YouTube yeah. to watch the songs again. And I found on a Russian talent show, someone singing, I think it's I Am a Disco Dancer. And they were 100% in brownface. Yes. It was a white Russian guy doing it. So, and that was a recent show. So, like, it's still a popular song. Mm -hmm. But they should maybe think again about the (laughs) brownface. That's, that's not cool. Yeah. And this is one of the reasons why, well, not the brownface, but... Um, the the success of this film is one of the reasons why we've been meaning to feature it on the show for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, is it about a disco dancer or not? Uh, I would say he's more of a disco singer. I think he. I agree. He's more of a singer. Um, and in fact, when he goes to a dance competition, he doesn't do much dancing. Yeah, the bad guy's more of a disco dancer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the plot it opens uh, with a young boy uh, who will grow up to be our titular Jimmy. Uh, singing a folk song with Rajesh Khanna. This song is Goran Ki Na Kalon Ki uh, and is the least disco of all the songs on the soundtrack. Yeah, it was kind of a shock to the system, this first 20 <laughs> minutes, which, again, you could just chop those right off. That's fine. But this song does reverberate throughout the film. It's like just kind of, uh, yeah. why are the uh, um, sensitive ones, why can't they run the world kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so... A basic plot is that young Jimmy and his mother are accused by a rich guy of being thieves, and they are run out of town. Years later, Jimmy... For stealing a guitar. Yes. Oddly enough. That is That, that will be important. <clears throat> uh, years later, Jimmy grows up, and disco is you know, big in India. He also has There's... a band at some point during the course of growing up. Yeah, we he has like a, a wedding band. Like we see them, but then they immediately leave the plot. No, they show up. And they show up one he other like time. He gives them some money. Yeah. Yeah. He has like individual packets of five <laughs> sets of things to give to each guy. Yes. Anyways, in present day in the film, uh, disco is very big and there's a singer by name of Sam who is very popular. But he's kind of full of himself and he fires his manager, mm-hmm. played by Ompiri. When, he has a song called Ova Ova Koya Nache Nache. Yeah, which is a ripoff of Video Killed the Radio Star. Like it's, it's also an outright ripoff of Video Killed the Radio Star. A great song. It is. And the dance scene, wonderful. I do think I might like Ova Ova better than Video Killed the Radio Star. Oh. Mm. I love the bang bangs. Yes, the bang bangs are very fun. And I mean, like Sam... Is it the Buggles that did Video Kill the Radio Star? I think Star? so, yeah. And like, I they're be- kind of only known for one song. So. <laughs> and I believe it was the very first song that played on MTV, I think. Yes, it, yeah. it was kind of an ironic thing, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, anyways, Sam's totally full of himself and fires his manager. His manager is out and about. And in a scene that I feel is rather reminiscent of Saturday Night Fever. The opening scene of Saturday Night Fever. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh Jimmy is walking down the street and he's like just dance walking. Yeah. And as you do. Presumably to no music, but there's yes. music playing in the film. This is where the <laughs> film studies turn diegesis comes into play because there is a song on the soundtrack of the film 
But if you were to think, if this is taking place in reality, he has no Walkman. <laughs> he doesn't have a Walkman. No one's playing anything. Like he's crossing a highway or something. He's like, just dance walking. He's just dance walking. There's there's probably no music around, right? Yeah. Like it's not even coming from the car of the manager following him. Because that's inside, <laughs> yeah. and Jimmy is outside, he's, presumably unable to hear the song. He's just dancing. He's just Or dance he's dancing so hard, he's spontaneously generating music. <laughs> so, Umpiri decides that this is his new star, signs him, takes him to Mumbai, and then Jimmy starts performing. And guess what, Matt? He is a big star. Yeah. Overnight, he becomes a big sensation. Uh, but this comes at a price because, you know, he hates Mumbai because this is where he and his mother were run out of town. And it brings him back in contact with the rich man who ran him out of town. And his daughter. That's and nice. his daughter, yeah. uh, who he falls in love with. Um, you saw her uh, back in the day when they were kids. Um He's supposedly who she, like, supposedly he stole the guitar from her, even though it was totally just she just handed it to him. They were just children playing. Yeah. Uh, anyways, then Sam and this man, uh, Kim's father, uh, are out to get him and devise a ridiculous way to kill him. That Is this involving Rocky? Ultimately, I think that's the guy's name, right? Ultimately, gives him a. Phobia of guitars. No, no, no. But first, they hire oh, the guy who is guy. in Bombay to Goa and um, Mr. Akbar Anthony. Yeah. He's kind of like this strongman type guy, and I believe he's called Rocky in this movie. Mm. But like, they contrive a way for him to, for Jimmy to get like kicked out of a car. Yeah, and then they like the like the sharks and the jets. In in West Side Story, they walk up and start doing, yeah, and then they start beating him up. It gets very West Side Story for a moment, and that's when you discover that Jimmy is not just a good disco singer, not just a good disco dan- dancer. Uh, he's a good disco fighter. He's an excellent disco fighter, uh, which is presumably yeah. where they got the idea for disco fighter from. Deli belly, deli totally belly. Is. It totally yeah. is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So they they try a variety of ways to kill him before they decide to kill attempt to kill him with a guitar. We're not one gonna... of the best ways to try and kill someone ever. I think. We're not gonna... just a wonderful sequence. <laughs> We're not going to say what happens, but it does give him a phobia of guitars, and this all comes to a head in an international disco dance competition. Again, very little dancing uh... done by Jimmy. <laughs> And really by the other participants. I wouldn't say that the world was sending their best. Uh, Where Jimmy doesn't want to get up on stage. uh, And Kim has to coax him with the song Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Aja. uh, Which, as you mentioned, was covered by M.I.A. in the song Jimmy. Great song. Both versions. Mm -hmm. Love it. Uh, This movie is kind of wild. was highly entertaining. I had a great time. Yeah, this movie rules. <laughs> I would say that the last song that Jimmy does does is probably his weakest. Yeah, yeah, da ha hi. Like it's it's again more of a rock song, just kind of a ballad about it does how of, he's free now. It you know? does kind of put a guitar at the forefront, which doesn't feel super disco-y. Uh, the Krishna song, wonderful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Iowa Iowa Zaramuke, fantastic. <laughs> Even the song he sings when he, he's a kid, pretty good. Ova ora koya naya nache nache. Great. Yeah. Um, and I would say, like, the the picturization of all of them 
are like it's, it always looks really really exciting although it's um, sometimes unclear as to where the audience is <laughs> in relation to the events that are presumably happening on a stage because you yeah. can often see the entire like 360 of where they are yeah yeah krishna darty pay aja is just like that is a to see that live that was wild yeah <laughs> there, someone there's had a some, lot going on someone had some cocaine before working on this i think <laughs> yeah there's a lot of dancers leaping around in like leotards and uh like capes that like are all cut into like a fringe like pink strips of cape dancing around and it's just like Oh, yeah, that was wild. Um, I also really love all his floor dancing that he does in A.O. Uh, Zara Mudke. Yeah. Uh, where, Very like, good. all of the dancers start, like, copying what he's doing. And so he does a bunch of, like, step on the floor. Yeah. <gasps> uh, that one had, like, an exercise video feel to it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, also the fighting is really fun. Like, the... Yeah. Like, the... Yeah, the that dance whole... fighting. <laughs> That whole West Side Story moment is uh, so fun. Uh, I think there's very clearly some elements here that are drawn from Saturday Night Fever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's even a Saturday Night Fever poster in in the background. It's in Jimmy's shots. house, yeah. Yeah. Uh, thankfully, the film doesn't expect us to kind of side with a protagonist who allows a woman to be uh, sexually assaulted, which is nice. That's in Saturday Night Fever. Spoiler alert for a movie from almost 50 years ago. Uh, Again, it's a lot darker than I think people remember. It's not the fun romp. I think people remember the soundtrack to Saturday Night Fever. Yeah. Which is a fun romp. Yeah. Um, Is Disco Dancer a fun romp? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's It's 100% a fun romp. (laughs) It's totally fun. It's one of the funnest romps that ever romped. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, this... I, I don't know. It was just, it was, it's very exciting. Do I think it's a good movie? No. No, no. no. It's um, a very enjoyable movie. But it's so enjoyable. It's so fun. And yeah, the, there's a reason why this music is iconic. Mm-hmm. Uh, and why, you know, people continue to cover these songs. People continue to listen to these songs. They're all bangers. Uh, and seeing them in context for the first time was really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Now we know that he is a disco dancer. <laughs> I could only guess before. Yeah. Uh, what did you think of uh, Mithin um, Chakraborty? Well, physically, he's a type that Hindi film audiences just adore. Yeah. He's a leggy, tall guy who is kind of brooding. Mm-hmm. Acting-wise, I thought he was okay. But, like, he looks the part. Yeah. He could have been... You know, Amitabh's cousin or something, right? Like, he's that sort of iconic design of person. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he fights well. He dances well. He looks like he's singing. I think Kim is the one who really um, stands out among the cast. Mm-hmm. Much uh, like Parveen Bobby. Yeah, yeah. Though, I mean, her character is probably more similar to Smita Patil's. Mm-hmm. The, I think the emotion that she portrays in her performance of Jimmy, 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 Aja, uh, obviously she's not the one singing. It's a playback singer, but still, she just she brings so much intensity and, and pathos to that. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's got a, a fun look throughout the film, but I just, I think she's giving more than you would expect from kind of like the girlfriend role. Well... One of the things about disco is that it actually front-loaded women in its production. Like, there was a lot of women singers, 
And it was, again, a safe place where women could go dance. And it's, it was kind of like a women's, a woman's world, right? Yeah. It, it was I mean, somewhere where you could be kind of... They weren't necessarily producing the music or writing it, though. Sure, but it was like a place where you could be, you know, a little bit out there. You can dress in a fun way. Yeah. You, it's, it's permissible to dance with anyone you want. And it was kind of like a free space. And I think both of the two women we liked in both of these movies are kind of emblematic of like, you know, here's here's someone, you know, sisters are doing it for themselves, that kind of thing. Yeah, like, that was it, the thing I was going to say is a lot of women of color are associated with disco for, yeah. for good reason. And I think it, it translates to these movies where um, they get to do things that aren't the typical sort of masala girlfriend slash wife mm. thing. Like... Someone who, like, she has a disco career herself in the movie. And yes. Parveen Bobby is an international super assassin, as we've established. <laughs> like, they get to do more than their counterparts get to do in a lot of other movies. And I think I like that a lot. I think you definitely see that in the juxtaposition of Parveen Bobby and Smita Patil's characters. Who is in, a receptionist at the hotel. Yeah, and in And is able to recognize someone's handwriting in a pivotal scene. Like, that's all she can do? Yeah. Like... How come Parveen Bobby's character in this movie has not been redone by Katrina Keff for a series of films? I mean, you know I'm there. That sounds like 100% money-making, like, who would not want to see that? (laughs) I don't know. Uh, This could finally be the Sheila K. Giovanni movie. (laughs) Coming back to Disco Dancer, I don't know if I have anything deep or intelligent to say about it, but it was fun. Yeah, it has a... Kind of socialist message at the core that, you know, someone from the slums can end up becoming a success Mm -hmm. and they probably won't forget where they're from. They both have an auction scene of all things. (laughs) Didn't see that coming when I was thinking about these movies. But, uh, yeah, I, as I understand it, Mithun Chakraborty's film output in the 90s is pretty dire. Mm. I'm sure we'll get to some of it someday. But maybe this is almost a movie that, like, he is a fairly sympathetic and engaging person, but it's not like a star-making performance like something that Ami... It's not like Don, for instance, no. that only Amitabh Bachchan could do. No, it really... like it, it, it feels like it's about the music. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a coat hanger to, you know, have the music hang off yeah. of. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, We will be back in a couple of weeks. And what are we going to be doing then, Matt? Uh, So this is an interesting one. As everyone on the planet is well aware, uh, staying inside and uh, physical distancing. That's what the WHO wants us to call it now. Not social distancing. We're staying social through, you know, phone calls and Mm -hmm. Skype and all that. Podcasts. Podcasts like you're listening to now. But physical distancing, keeping away from others and keeping the disease at bay that way has led to everyone and their mother falling all over themselves to binge watch TV shows. Yeah. And we're going to try, what, three or four different first episodes and see, you know, what's what's worth uh, checking in on. We're picking um, a bunch of Indian uh, streaming TV shows. We're going to watch the pilot of a bunch of them. Uh, I think we're going to aim for about six. Six? Six pilots. Wow, okay. Uh, and then 
we're gonna discuss them and then decide which one we're gonna do for our next Netflix and Dill. So this is a bit of like a Netflix and Dill experiment. It's like a sampler. Yeah, don't know which one to do next. We're just we're gonna we're gonna watch a bunch of pilots and see what strikes us. Yeah, in the meantime, you can always tweet at us to say like, I really like this show. Uh, we have watched quite a few Hindi um, TV shows by now on streaming, so there's some we've probably watched already. But if there's anything that you know, we haven't talked about. Just send us a tweet and we'll take a look yeah. at it. Uh, so that'll be out in two weeks. In the meantime, Matt, how can people keep up with the show? Well, you can check us out at BollywoodIsForLovers.tumblr.com, Facebook.com slash BollywoodIsForLovers, and at BollywoodPod on Twitter. I'm there too, at Matt underscore B-O-W-E-S. I'm there at Erin E. Fraser, E-R-N-E, F-R-A-S-E-R. If you're a fan of the show, please leave us a star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. We read our reviews on air, and it really helps new people find the show. And if you have a suggestion of what to do, like if you put it in your review, we will definitely take it seriously, as yeah. you'll notice from our last episode. Yeah. It'd be great. It'd be great to get more of those five-star reviews. We love five stars. Those are the best reviews. Uh, while you're over at Apple Podcasts, you can subscribe to my other show that I do with Paul Matwichuk called Trash Art in the Movies. We just recorded an episode on Tom Teekberg of all filmmakers, so you can check that out. Uh, we also want to give a big shout out and thank you to Becca Dalkey for our artwork. We love, love, love our Tuffy. Mm-hmm. He's a disco dog. He is a disco dog. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, he kind of is. He wears sunglasses and like headphones and stuff. Please do stay at home. Don't cough on anybody. Wash your hands as much as humanly possible and we're going to get through this thing and you can start over and listen to all our episodes <laughs> if you need something to do we have hours and hours of content yeah so please just stay safe good night and good luck 